This episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by Shore Payroll. If you're a small business owner, you know that payroll taxes can be a headache. Sure Payroll has simplified payroll services with just three easy steps online. To learn more, visit surepayroll.com/fool and get a free quote. It's Monday, January 23rd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio, Jason Moser, and back. <laughs> After a two-week absence from Stock Advisor Canada, Taylor Mockerman. Good to see you, man. Yeah, good to be back. Explain yourself. What is this? He's been busy. Leaving me, leaving me stranded. This dude, Chris, is like, yeah. damn it, if I have to do one more market with just Jason, it's going to be just like... <laughs> well, last week, what was it? We, were, we were launching Dividend Investor in Canada. So, last week was um, oh, so you've been hellaciously So, you've been doing your yeah. actual job. I was in the office, just not in the studio, unfortunately, but... The saddle is still nice and warm. <laughs> nice. Well, earnings season is starting to heat up. We will get to that. And let's actually start with Halliburton. A mixed fourth quarter. Profit came in a little bit higher than expected. Revenue lower than expected. The last year, though, Taylor, I mean, this really does cap an incredible year for this company and for this stock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's off a low bottom, um, but yeah, like you pointed out this morning, up 80% over the last year. And then you compare that to a couple of its peers, Schlumberger only up 30% over that same time period. Only. Yeah, only only 30%. Um, and then Baker Hughes um, up 45%. So, they're still not back to really where they were prior to um, the sell-off in November of 2014, but Halliburton a lot closer than, than its peers. And I think that that's Mostly to do with its leverage to the U.S. North American um, onshore market, much more reliant on that for business than Schlumberger, um, and a little bit more reliant on it than than Baker Hughes. So you saw some great results or better results out of North America now that spending is back, and um, still some weakness internationally. But if you listen to Schlumberger's call, they're basically calling the international market a loaded spring, and um, they think maybe the second half of this year you might start to see. That start to pop. Well, this goes back to something we talked about a couple of years ago when the price of oil started to head south in a dramatic way. Mm-hmm. And when we were looking at this enormous industry and thinking about, well, okay, at some point it's going to come back. We don't know when. If you're thinking about this in this vast industry, where should you be looking? And you were one of the people, Taylor, saying, well, first and foremost, you want to look at the big guys. Mm-hmm. This is one of those situations where bigger is better because they've got the balance sheets to withstand this. They've got the cash. Yeah, absolutely. And you saw Halliburton kind of keeping some of its um, customers afloat by offering them financing because they had that balance sheet that could offer these smaller uh, exploration and production companies a little bit more leeway in terms of pricing that they could offer, and also, like I just said, financing some of their drilling on their own. So, um, definitely kept business afloat for some folks. Um, and looking forward, I, I think that the the energy services companies that you have, like Halliburton, Schlumberger, Baker Hughes, they're going to be generating a little bit more cash per per new rig because they've got these rigs dry stacked basically that they're not using right now. So rather than um, the previous build out in 2010 to 2014 where they were building these new rigs to to meet demand, now they've got them sitting idle. So they're not really going to have to go out and spend this capex to catch up with an increase in demand drilling uh, or d- drilling demand. So um, I definitely think that if you're looking to get into the energy market, even though you might think you missed a little bit of the bump. Services are a great option, and Schlumberger maybe because it hasn't really caught up to Halliburton. And if the international sector does pop, then Schlumberger could be the ticket there. If you think that you might have missed a little bit of the move, 
Yeah, we we have uh, we have Halliburton in million dollar portfolio, and we you know, we got into it. I guess a little bit early. I mean, the energy in general is taking a little bit longer to sort of recover than we initially anticipated. Mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, to your point, it, it doesn't take. It's not that big of a stretch to imagine these next four years being relatively good yeah, for, yeah. for oil and natural gas, and and so yeah, for for us, it was always about well, let's look for the no brainer ways to play that, and whether it's Schlumberger or Halliburton, mm-hmm. two big companies with a lot of resources, and and they do what they do well, and I think what we're seeing is slowly but surely those rigs are starting to come back online. And that's what you want to see. I mean, you see those rigs coming back online. Demand is is bumping up a little bit. I mean, that's economics take over. And um, I, I mean, certainly while Halliburton has recovered and had a great year last year, it, it doesn't take a big leap to see 2017 and beyond uh, working out really well for these guys. Yeah, you mentioned the rig count up about 60 percent since June of last year. And if you remember where we were in February of last year, oil prices. Hit the bottom uh, in the 20s, so they've since doubled up up in the $50 range now. So, um, justifiably, the stock up, um, maybe not justifiably that much ahead of its peers, but uh, I like the move and I like I like the next couple of years, like Jason said. I still have people bring up Dick Cheney whenever I mention Halliburton. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, you want to look for a great energy play. I mean, Halliburton, something you might want to. Go, oh, yeah, isn't that Dick Cheney? I'm like, listen, man, <laughs> old news. So long ago, I mean, they just can't disassociate. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I, I understand you may not like that guy in his politics, but he's not the whole company. You yeah. know, that was a long time. And that ago. was a long Over time. Over a decade, ago. yeah. Let's move on to McDonald's. Uh, fourth quarter profit and revenue both came in higher than expected. Same store sales. Global comps were nearly double what analysts were expecting. Two point seven percent increase. That's not enormous, but it's certainly higher than analysts were expecting. Stock kind of flat down one percent or so today. I, I'm I'm a little surprised by that, just given given the quarter they just put up. I so I I, I understand what you're saying. I think it's. It, it's worth noting how good of a year they just had, right? And I mean, we we really do need to recognize what Steve Easterbrook has has done. Now, I think that we're entering this period where we're going to really learn how sustainable this uh, all day breakfast lever is really going to be, because I think that that really is is the primary catalyst for the results that McDonald's has brought over the past year, and it's worked out very well for them. Um, but with that said, now I mean the market is looking at 2017 and saying, "Okay, hey, you guys have a tough act to follow. Exactly what's your plan? Is there a fourth meal? You can <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they, they blame <laughs> breakfast as tough comps. Like, exactly, and this that's gonna just, suck. just it. It's, it's so you look at the you look at the success that they've had, and that's great. But but as we always as as we always say, the market is forward looking, and the market's trying to think, okay, now that you've shown us that. All day breakfast is is a a good thing, and, and you you can benefit from it. Are you going to be able to really sustain that success? Are we going to be able to see this sort of new normal? Is this does this bring everything back? And, and I I mean that question is is yet to be answered. I'm a little bit more on the skeptical side there. I mean I think that McDonald's is a good business, but I think it's a very big company that has done an awful lot. And innovating in the in in the food space is is. I mean, it's not like it's tech, right? It, they're just burgers and sandwiches and stuff like that, and there's just a dime a dozen out there. And given from our selfless market research earlier in 2016, when we so selfless took the train up, you and you and Dan and I, and 
We, uh, you know, experimented and, and tried uh, Shake Shack. I, there, there's a lot of good food out there, and so um, I think that for McDonald's, it, it was interesting because the high growth market comps were up four point seven percent. Now that high growth market segment they have is markets in places like China and Korea and Russia. The international lead markets, which are the more established. Um, Markets like Canada, Australia, Germany also perform very well, so that's encouraging, um, and and that's the benefit here with McDonald's being such a big global business. I think that much like we were talking about Procter and Gamble last week, I think that McDonald's has sort of a duty uh, when it comes to shareholders to really be mindful of things like share repurchases, boosting the dividend, because that's where the real returns are going to come into play for investors here. Because it's just a big company; it's not going to be able to grow the same way. Share counts down almost twenty percent since two thousand and eleven. That's stellar. Uh, they yield a little bit better than three percent now um, on the dividend side, and that's good. So I, I can certainly see ways for investors to win here. The stock is around twenty times full year two thousand and seventeen estimates, which seems a bit rich for my liking. Um, if I saw some some pessimism coming here in the next couple of quarters with this tough act to follow, it might be worth a look. Yeah, I saw I saw a chart over I don't know maybe a decade or so comparing McDonald's PE multiple to the S and P multiple, and it's. Right around 1.1 times the the index, which is fairly uh, right near the bottom of the historical. So maybe it is a decent time to look at it. And I think they're trying to continue that franchising mm-hmm. model. So maybe that increases margins a little bit for them, reduces their costs. Um, but they pushed back guidance for 2017 to the first. Uh, I think March 1st. Any concern there? I I think they're just trying to get a better grip on exactly yeah. how this how sustainable really the all day breakfast mm-hmm. thing is going to work because. That was the headline for 2016, and I think really to sort of figure out how they follow up on that, they're probably a little bit unclear there yeah. right now. I was hoping to get to the movies this weekend to see The Founder, which is the new movie where Michael Keaton plays Ray Kroc, the founder of McDonald's. Of course, if you see the movie, or even if you haven't seen the movie and you know the story, you know that he's not actually the founder. <laughs> he's the guy who came in and stole the thunder. He stole the thunder. Yeah. He said the criticism, the criticism of the movie early on, people were like, "I can't really get behind this yeah, guy." Yeah, I've read a couple of reviews that have said essentially, "Michael Keaton's great, but I can't give this movie four stars because I find Ray Kroc sort of a, a tough character to root for." And it's like, yeah, Ray Kroc was was a, for lack of a better word, a ruthless businessman. I mean, I wasn't really pulling for Hannibal Lecter either, but like, those are good movies. Yeah, they're pretty award winning. Before we get to our next story, quick word about Sure Payroll. If you're a small business owner, you know payroll can be a headache. Small businesses pay hefty fines on a yearly basis due to payroll oversights, and now you can protect your business and remove the payroll tax complications with Sure Payroll. It's simple, and you can do it on any device in just three easy steps. One, you enter your employees' hours and salaries. Two, you preview the taxes being deducted. And three, you approve the payroll, and that's it. You're done. Sure Payroll will automatically file and pay your federal, state, and local taxes, and they make it easy and affordable to manage your payroll online so that you can focus on your business instead. Customers include business types such as insurance agents, restaurants, barbershops, charitable foundations, tech startups, and as I say every time, Steve Broido, <laughs> because Steve and his wife have a nanny, and they're doing payroll. I feel like you could probably start with Broido, and then you don't even have to say anything else. Man, you got me right there. It's great though because it, it, you know, again, most people aren't starting their own small business 
but there are plenty of people who have payroll in their life because they've you know they've got help or Absolutely. whatever going on. Sure Payroll also has an A plus rating with the Better Better Business Bureau. So go to surepayroll.com/fool, fill out a free quote form. That's surepayroll.com/fool. Samsung appears to be going on some sort of apology tour because uh, the word is out that they've they've done the autopsy. On the battery fires on the Galaxy Note 7. And it turns out that there was not one, but two separate battery problems that were causing these fires. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this, guys, because I read this story, and one of my takeaways was I think this would have been so much worse for Samsung if this were a stock that were traded easily traded in the United States because you have to go over the counter I think to get the shares and all I could think was wow if this were Alphabet with the Google Pixel phone if this were Apple with the iPhone or the iPad if this were Amazon with the Kindle Fire I feel like this would be a story absolutely dominating the headlines in the business media as opposed to what's happening right now. And I don't know, am I wrong on that? I feel like the the disconnect is the stock that because we don't have the stock right in front of us and we don't see the effects of these fires and it I think it's great from a communication standpoint that they're going around and and saying, well this is what happened and we're going to do better next time. That's great. But I don't know if this is going to translate into more sales. I t- I tend to agree with you. I think if this was something like any any stock that was readily available here in the in the U.S. markets, I mean the the ticker symbol would be flying around Twitter and the snark would be just <laughs> in full force and and rightly so. I mean they, I, I it's kind of like you look at Chipotle and you think okay, there's a good example of of a business that really ran into a, a serious buzzsaw, and the word of mouth that spread so quickly has really proven. Far more difficult to overcome than I think probably any of us really thought, mm-hmm. um, and and that's just burritos, you know. I mean, these guys, they better hope that they've identified these problems because if they hadn't, I mean, the Samsung phone, I, I don't know, I don't know that Samsung necessarily has the same sort of customer loyalty, perhaps that Apple users might offer to their iPhones. I think it's more about the operating system. And I think that is easily replaceable on the device side. And I think that really Google, I I, I fully expect them to have picked up some share with this new, is it the Pixel? Pixel, yeah. Um, phone. But, Highest but rated I, phone ever, supposedly. Yeah, I almost feel like, and maybe this is just the the initial sort of vibe, so to speak. I mean, maybe we'll find out more uh, when Google Alphabet um, Announces numbers, but I just feel like maybe they haven't quite fully taken um, as as good advantage of this as they could. But I mean, you got to think about this. I mean, when you're getting on a plane and they're telling you to make right. sure that your seat and tray tables are in their full and upright position, and oh, you better not have a Samsung, uh, you know, Galaxy, Galaxy 7, Seven product. That is really, really bad. I mean, even on the train up to New York yes. City, they were saying you cannot have one. And I just, to me, that's just amazing. And it's their highest price phone. It was their premium creme de la creme phone, and it, here it is going up in smoke. 
if Amazon had that problem, they would have to rename their device. <laughs> well, and that's that's the thing that is part of what is surprising to me is that they're sticking with the Galaxy name. Yeah. The Galaxy Eight phone is apparently is going to be unveiled this spring. We got the Super Bowl in two weeks. I'm Samsung. The last couple of years has been a pretty big advertiser yeah. uh, on the Super Bowl. I'm wondering if they're going to be. I, I'm genuinely interested to see if they're going to be plunking down the money to do that or. To your point, Jason, if Alphabet decides, you know what, let's see if we can grab a little mind share and promote the Pixel phone. Well, they've been putting commercials out there for the Pixel phone. I've seen. Yeah, but not yeah. not not to the cost of five million dollars <laughs> no. for thirty seconds. Fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> they have the cash though. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like with the Galaxy thing. I mean, it's. I I mean, like, I don't want to I don't want to dismiss the success they've had to this point because they've obviously been phenomenally successful. Yes, yeah. and and that's because it was a good product. I mean, a lot of people like it, but but I, I do question whether maybe it is time to to think about looking perhaps at a different brand angle here. I I don't know. I mean, you just you say Galaxy seven eight six whatever. I mean, it starts to sort of just. That the number becomes meaningless, and you just remember Galaxy is the phone that that caught fire. I mean, ultimately, as long as they've really identified the issue, I mean, I think that's the key here. Because if they have a relapse, I think that yeah, that would be a big, big problem. Well, they said they tested a couple hundred thousand phones, and then thirty thousand extra batteries on top of that. So hopefully, they've identified the the two batteries. I was surprised to see that there's multiple batteries in a phone. Yeah, they need to bring Elon Musk in here and I mean, just get say. some battery consulting going. <laughs> I mean, perhaps this is an opportunity, really, for something like Tesla to to really uh, take their technology to the next level. Take in a little extra cash. Hey, man, it's not just cars. We yeah, need batteries and pretty much everything we do now. Thanks for being here, guys. Appreciate Thank it, Chris. You. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.